Well, the Gonzaga Bulldogs have a excellent non-conference schedule lined up for the 22-23 season filled with a bunch of very talented programs here to break down the incoming freshman classes for those teams and how they might challenge Mark Few is recruiting analyst Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Thrilled again to be joined by Jason Jordan of Sports Illustrated. Jason, kind of a quiet week for the Zags on the recruiting trail. It uh, gives us kind of a fun opportunity to look at some of Gonzaga's non-conference opponents this season, uh, specifically their incoming recruiting classes. Uh, Gonzaga played a lot of these teams last year, so these are kind of going to be the new guys that they haven't seen yet. Uh, and I was looking at your your class rankings uh, that you did a couple months ago, and I'm sure a few things have changed uh, since then, but I think a lot of Gonzaga fans would probably be surprised that the class that was ranked the highest by basically every media outlet, including your own rankings, was Alabama and, and the class that they put together under Coach Nato. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you could kind of give us a little bit about what that class looks like for that squad. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a lot of versatility and, you know, a lot of depth. Um, you have Jaden Bradley, who was one of the best point guards in the country last year, um, ran the show for IMG. And he's just, uh, you know, big 6'4 point guard who um, knows his role. And I think that's that's where he shines. Like, he's not a guy who's going to command a lot of shots, but he does act operate in the quarterback mode. And so he's, mm-hmm. he's much rather – he'd much rather have – 10 assists than 10 points. Right. right? So he, that's his whole mindset. And that's what makes him so special. And, um, you know, the way he spaces the floor and, um, you know, controls pace and dictates tempo uh, is just really masterful. And that's why he was a McDonald's all American. And, um, you know, one of the top players, not, not just point guards, but one of the top players in the country. And then Brandon Miller's just, he's the star of that class, mm-hmm. six, seven, long, wiry, um, scores on all three levels super efficiently, as you've probably seen some clippings in the (laughs) in the the preseason, right? So he's been doing that for years, and um, it's just carried over. But Mm -hmm. he has like an NBA game, right? So he's going to check off a lot of boxes on both ends of the floor, but definitely on the offensive end, he's going to be a matchup problem um, because he's so athletic and so dynamic, and his motor just is like – Brandon, you got to relax. You know, <laughs> he's, he doesn't know the he doesn't have an off switch. Yeah. So, you know, that's a great thing, too. Yeah, it's funny. I, I was at the Gonzaga, Alabama game last year in Seattle. I know a lot of other people listening to the show were at that game. And I can tell you confidently that Gonzaga fans hearing that Alabama's got some more big physical athletic guards coming is not something that Zags fans are particularly excited about. Yeah. What really really hurt them last year was the games that some of those guys had uh, against them last year was, was really, really challenging. So Nate Oates seems like they're doing it again over there in Alabama. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, players love Nate Oates, man. They, mm-hmm. they love the system. And they love the quick offense. They love the there are no bad shots way yeah. of thinking. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you talk about big, strong, athletic guys. Noah Clowney's another guy in that class. He's going to mm-hmm. check off a lot of boxes, uh, you know, kind of like a floating four, but he's big big and physical. And then Ryland Griffin is a another a dynamic guard who plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. So he'll be a, a, a big a big player for them in the years to come so that's a special class i think we had them ranked number four and i would keep them there even though things have changed they, mm-hmm. they, that, that's a really good class yeah so got zag's got bama in birmingham and then they got texas on the road as well and texas another team really excellent recruiting class top 10 per year rankings uh, i i imagine dylan mitchell has a lot to do with that we know <laughs> he's going to be an excellent excellent player uh, but can you yeah. tell me a little bit about him and, and what that whole class looks like for chris beard uh in his second year. Yeah, I love Dylan Mitchell, man. Um, I thought on that Montverde team that he played on, uh, which won the national title, because they mm-hmm. always win the national title. Yeah. Um, but he played with our our um, player of the year, who was Dariq Whitehead, who mm-hmm. most people know is headed to Duke. Yep. Um, while Dariq was definitely the – man, it, it, it was tough like that. Yeah. I don't know if D- – I don't know if Dylan wasn't the best player on that team, the most – let's say the most impactful player on that team. Because when we talk about checking off a lot of boxes, I mean, he's six, eight. And, you know, he tries to downplay the athleticism because he doesn't want to get typecast. I get that. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's his, you know, that's where he shines, right? Just I like to describe him as super productive. Yeah. Right? Like, so I feel like if I don't, then I'm going to miss something. Right. So mm-hmm. he just because he impacts the game in ways that you can't you can't tally. I mean, the coaches tally deflections and stuff, but we stuff like that with it. We don't throw those stats out. Right. But um, he changes shots. He's a, he's a rim protector, even at six, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's super aggressive on both ends of the floor. I mean, he, he's definitely over the last year, he's developed more perimeter skills and, um, you know, but he, he really thrives down there as an agile, mm-hmm. like a floating four who's, you know, great off the high post and, you know, can maneuver in that paint and get putbacks. He's great off that second leap on the offensive glass. And, you know, he's just a dynamic, productive player, and he's going to be a headache. He's going to be a headache um, in year one right along. And then they got Arterio Morris, who's also a great player. Um, Big-time shot maker, super physical guy, has a football background. Um, So he's super tough finishing through contact. But, um, you know, he's knocking that perimeter shot down very efficiently. And so he's going to be a guy who's also, you know, I think they um, he's drawn a lot of comparisons to Marcus Smart. Mm. So um, he plays in that mold. And, mm. you know, a guy who's definitely going to um, make a big impact for Beard in year one. You know, it's funny. We look at, at Texas and they kind of disappointed a little bit last year. They had a bunch of transfers and it was kind of it seemed like yeah. it took them a while to put the pieces together. How important is it? for this upcoming season for Beard and the staff to kind of show that they can get some high level yeah. recruits in which they already did and that they can really kind of get them into the system and get them because, you know, a couple right. of years of, of not performing well, especially a school like Texas and people, people turn yeah. on you pretty quick. So how important is this? Oh, for yeah. I know a couple of past coaches that would definitely co-sign that statement. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's very important. It's very important because, you know, people had their reservations about all the transfers and then, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things where I think we've talked about this before, or I've talked about on different podcasts, where if you're going to get a bunch of transfers, well, mm-hmm. it better work. 
Yeah. You know, because it's, it's, it's like, um, you know, you should, because it's easy. It's low hanging fruit if it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't have done that. You know, that's not good. That's the mm -hmm. melting pot. You shouldn't do that. Right. It's only good if it works. Right. And of so course. when it doesn't work, they, to your point, they're going to turn fast. But I think he has a great, I mean, Dylan's a, a system guy. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's going to, he's going to ultimately buy in. Artario, you know, he's a little bit more of a wild card, but he, what he does on the court, is definitely going to um, going to mesh well with what Chris Beer wants to do. I mean, he's a gritty bulldog of a guard who mm -hmm. can score, right? So um, those two guys with those mindsets, I think I think um, they'll mesh well in the system, and I think they'll have a you know it won't take as long to to gel well and you know uh, ultimately have great results coming down the road this season. All right. Well, Jason and I are going to come back in the second segment. We're going to take a look at a few more of Gonzaga's freshman opponents this upcoming season. But before we do that, I want to tell you all about Bet Online. College basketball may be deep into the offseason, but college football is and the NFL are just right around the corner while the WNBA playoffs are just getting started and the MLB is not far behind. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all of the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. They even have lines on coaching changes across every major sport. So even in the offseason, you can get your fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online. Where the game starts. All right, segment two, still Andy Patton, still locked on Zag, still chatting here with Sports Illustrated recruiting analyst Jason Jordan, talking about the incoming recruiting classes for Gonzaga's non-conference opponents this season. We talked about Texas and Alabama in the first segment. Next up is, of course, Gonzaga's favorite opposing head coach, John Calipari, and the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, they came in at number 12 on your rankings a couple months ago, Jason. I didn't have a very large class, but I suspect yeah. that Carson Wallace and Chris Livingston are just, just that good that this class yeah. is going to be ranked really high, even if they didn't have that many guys coming in. Is that is that more or less where we're at with this? Yeah, with this yeah. Group? Quite, quite top heavy there. Quite top heavy there. But, I mean, if you're going to get them, get those. Yeah. Case, you know, Cason's a bulldog, man. Mm -hmm. Um one of the best, you know, at the McDonald's All-American game, uh, most mm -hmm. people probably don't know this, but you gauge more at the practices. You oh, know, yeah. the NBA scouts don't come to the game. They come to the practices, and that's for a reason. They mm -hmm. really get after it. And I was – of the guards there, Cason um, mm -hmm. was probably my, one in my top three, him mm -hmm. and Nick Smith. Um, and because Cason is a guy who, who competes – in everything like they were doing drills I mean, he wanted to be the best you know um and you know especially in the scrimmages he was definitely getting after he would take on the um the assignment of, of guarding mm -hmm. the best guard on the which i mean that's a plethora but he yeah. would whoever was getting off he would he would take he'd be like i got them you know he's mm -hmm. he's that guy right and so uh that mentality just coupled with his uh dynamic skill set i mean he's I think he's got a football background too early on. And, you know, yeah. most of the Texas guys do, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you know, they just fit a mold and he, he is a guy who's not going to be denied when he's going downhill. So he's mm -hmm. getting to the rack. 
Um, but he also makes, I think what's really underrated about him is his ability um, to make plays and his, um, his vision. I mean, he's a really good passer, makes mm-hmm. a lot of great decisions. So he's a high, high IQ guy with the ball. Definitely a guy who you want the ball in his hands uh, in crunch time when the shot clock is winding out. He's going to make a good decision. And then yeah. Chris Livingston, um, you know, he, he, he took a lot of um, lumps mm-hmm. over the summer because he didn't have a great summer. Um, but he really came out, uh, and I thought he played well, I, you know, and he knew that I talked about that. We talked about that after the summer and he knew mm-hmm. that. And I was really curious to see how he would handle, you know, the end of his senior year. And he really answered the call and, um, had a really productive and really good year on mm-hmm. an Oak Hill team that had a lot of stars. So, um, he's a guy who's big six, seven, and he can stretch the defense shot got better during the high school season. Um, so he's a streaky shooter, but, um, you know, he's also a great rebounder toward the area, and he's, he's always attacking the glass, and he can guard multiple positions. So he's going to be a productive guy for John. I think both of them will, um, will be productive in year one, mm-hmm. um, and they'll, they'll, be, they'll be hell to deal with. And I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> <Both> <laughs> yeah. Super, super talented in a variety of different ways and, um, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are going to give you headaches for sure. Yeah, it, it's, you know, obviously we kind of talked about it a little bit with Chris Beard. Calipari certainly has a, a lot more, uh, he got a little more cachet, a little bit more uh, willingness. People are going to be a little bit more willing to let him not do well, but after losing to a 15 seed last year, certainly I'm guessing yeah. that there's a little bit more tension. There's a little bit more uh, urgency, I suppose. Um, looking at this class, obviously two really, really talented players, uh, I, I don't, Calipari's not going to get canned anytime soon. I doubt that. But at what point do you start wondering, like, it's great that you can recruit, you know, right. Duke and Kentucky have the the top recruiting classes of the last couple decades, basically. But at what point does that not matter anymore? Like you got to start, you got to start winning games. You got to start being in the final four uh, consistently. Yeah. And this team hasn't done that. Right. And, 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 you know, to your point, same, it was the same thing with Duke. And then yeah. and last year they, they got saved, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, in the final ride, yeah. they got to the final four. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, yeah, to your point, it, it's not, it's cool. And mm-hmm. it's cool. Like now, like, so July, Oh my God, we just mm-hmm. landed the point guard. <laughs> August, September, but okay, cool. All right. So, all right. So we're going to win. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to that. You know, mm-hmm. but they, they, I, you know, I think, I think Final Four is the mark, yeah, um, to make fans happy and shut them up. Mm-hmm. Um, losing to a 15 seed is not the mark, nope. <laughs> and they know that. Yeah, you know they really. I'm telling you, they're going all mm-hmm. in for 2023. I mean, they want to mm-hmm. erase that, you know, erase that stench for sure. So, yeah. I think they, the message has been received, and yeah. um, I'm expecting a lot of big things from them this season. Absolutely. Well, speaking of teams that, that have won, that have found success, uh, even if they maybe don't have as high level of recruiting, uh, that's Scott yeah. Drew with the Miller Bears, a very excellent, excellent program that they have built over there. Uh, only two players committed for 2022, but one of them is Keontae George. And Keontae George just looks like he's going to be one of the best players in college basketball next season. His performance this this uh, summer was jaw-dropping. Uh, he looks yeah. fantastic. We know that Scott Drew develops guards like this extremely well. Yeah. Uh, what, what is your impression of him, and how much how much trouble is he going to give the Zags? <laughs> he's going to give you a lot of trouble. Yeah. Now, I talked to you about um, the, the top guards at, at McDonald's, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. so that's the case. Someone's one of them. Well, yeah. yeah, I think might have probably been the best. And the, <laughs> I'll tell you what, we could talk about, the, you know, the, the meticulous stuff about his game. He scores mm-hmm. on all three levels, you know, the typical stuff, right? So yeah. he, he's yeah. got all that. Let's just say he's got all that. <laughs> the biggest thing, I and I always say this about Keontae, mm-hmm. the biggest thing about him is 
he doesn't think mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. He doesn't think he's the best player on the court. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he knows it. <laughs> he knows it all the time. Yeah. And so he plays that way. Like he plays like mentality wise. He he has the mama mentality. I mean, he's, he says, yeah. his, you know, he, he uses moniker, but he, 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 uh, and it engulfs him. It mm-hmm. is, he is that he exudes yeah. that in every way. And um, that's what makes him special. And so, um, you know, he, and you see in the preseason, he's already leading them in scoring most games and, you know, he's going to be a guy and he's got everything. He's got great size. Um, you know, he's an efficient scorer from three. And then the thing, you know, that that puts him over the top with other stars and more in his peers is that at the end of the game, he's efficient at the end of the game. As you saw in his senior year, he mm-hmm. had like three buster Peters yeah. in big games. I mean, against yeah. my bird, you know, mm-hmm. like he. He beat them twice by yeah. almost by himself. You know, he put <laughs> he really puts team. He has the ability to put a team on his back mm-hmm. and carry them to the winner's circle. And you know, in that to your point, in that system, those tough, gritty guards that uh, can really fill it up and get it done. He just mm-hmm. fits that mold, and he's going to do very well in that system. Yeah, and that it seems like a, a really, really good fit for him. And yeah. my main. I guess I was going to say question, but fear or concern. If Scott Drew is going to start getting dudes like this, like is this going to become like a powerhouse? I mean, they're already pretty close to a powerhouse program, but it seems like if they're just starting to scratch the surface yeah. of these really high-level recruits, uh, they're going to be a, a legitimate problem for potentially a long time. Yeah, I'm telling you, I talk to kids all the time, and they love, um, mm-hmm. you know, Drew's just. I mean, the kids love them. Kids yeah. love them, and they, and you know, to your point, they've already got. Um, they're already keeping it going in 2023. Yeah. They have um, Jacoby Walter, Myra mm-hmm. Little, and um, they in 2024, they just got uh, Asamato, mm-hmm. and he's one of the top dynamic guards there. So, yeah, they're, they're definitely a juggernaut uh, on the yeah. recruiting trail, and they will be for years to come. One of the next teams I wanted to talk about, not as highly ranked, uh, the Michigan State program. Uh, obviously, right. Tom Izzo, a, a staple, been around for, for decades at this point. Um, pretty small class. Uh, Jackson Kohler, Trey Holloman was kind of the main two guys there. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious. Michigan like State that. has often been more of a veteran kind of leaning team. They play yeah. some of the older guys a little bit. Is that more what you expect this year, or do you kind of think these two guys are, are going to have an impact early for, yeah. for Izzo? I've always liked Jackson. I, I people mm-hmm. know that I talked about him before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, six ten, big body, definitely yeah. fits the Michigan State uh, Michigan State mold of a big, um, mm-hmm. very productive scores of both hands. You know, um, and Trey's a Trey's a guy who had. I mean, he almost had to choose between football and basketball. So he's mm-hmm. a tough, tough nosed guard, a yeah. guy who you you know you're going to see time Izzo screaming at on the sideline, <laughs> and he's going to be able to take it because that's how all. Michigan yeah. State guards are required. You know, that's yeah. how they're wired, right? Um, I do think they'll contribute um, in that system. I do mm-hmm. um, because I, I think they're really talented mm-hmm. and I think they're really good pieces. Um, so I don't – I mean, I don't expect them to be all league or lead them to score or anything like yeah. that. But I think they'll be contributors and um, I think they'll be good pieces for that mm-hmm. system this season. This season. Last player slash team that I wanted to talk about. Uh, we, we've kind of been highlighting the non-conference schedule. I'm going to dip into the conference schedule a little bit with BYU. Uh, two two players added to their class. One of them is Colin Chandler. He's a top 40 player uh, in the class of 2022. Certainly BYU 
Uh, doesn't often have super high ranking recruits, but occasionally they'll get pretty high level guys. Uh, Chandler looks like a guy who, who's going to have a nice impact for coach Mark Pope in their final year in the WCC. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I know they, people were saying he was going there. Yeah. I tell you when he committed there, I was like, wow, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a big one. You know, yeah. um, he's just a, you know, dynamic scorer. Um, yeah. Great size. I think he goes six, four, but he's probably closer to six five. Yeah. Um, so he he really um, knows how to shoot over the top of the defense. But you know, a lot of people say he's a you know a shooter. They label him a shooter, but I just think he's a he's a playmaker and scorer, and he knows how to score the ball. And mm-hmm. you know, I think he's a guy who he's going to be that that guy um, in you know in your conference who's going to be a killer. And mm-hmm. you know, you know, I, I think he'll do that from day one too. I mean, he's he's an assassin. Yeah, like that's where he's going to make his money, obviously, from the two. But he's a really good playmaker and mm-hmm. um, an amazing piece, a big get for the yeah. program. Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, I've always been very impressed with his game. I want to switch gears on you for the final segment here, Jason. Uh, kind of talk uh, a topic that we touched on a little bit in some of our previous conversations, but. Uh, really wanted to talk about kind of the impact that the transfer portal has had on certain aspects of recruiting. Uh, we know that it has had an impact on high school recruiting. We also know that the timing of the transfer portal kind of coinciding with these COVID classes yeah. is probably causing, it's it's making it a little hard to know exactly how much of an impact it is having. But one area that I wanted to talk about that I got brought up to me and I realized uh, I hadn't really discussed it and why not discuss it with you as somebody who, who handles a lot of recruiting conversations uh, is, is junior college kids, JUCO. Uh, and the Zags haven't had a JUCO kid in about 10 years. And that's not super surprising when you consider the, the level that the program has has ascended to in, in that time period. But I'm wondering if we're just not seeing them and that's maybe they're still kind of happening or if there is less of the junior college kids kind of making it up to the D1 level because uh, of the immediate eligibility in the transfer portal. You are 100% right. It is exactly mm-hmm. what you just said, and yeah. it only it's only going to get worse. I'll tell you, yeah. um, the, the reality is because of this uh, – you know, I talked about this yesterday on a podcast, and mm-hmm. because – well, I mean, you know, people make – I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. there has to be a buffer. I, th- mm-hmm. I think there has to be something to dissuade kids from – from just transferring because they're unhappy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm not saying everybody, every situation is the same and I, I don't okay. have all the answers, but right. the reality is without that, mm-hmm. uh, if it's not a year, I don't know what, what the answer is, but, but right. without it, kids are going, it was like 1400 plus last year. It's going to be 1600 this yep. year. Plus, yep. Right. Um, because the problem with JUCO is now low major and even low mid major. Mm-hmm. And even mid-major schools are replacing them because yeah. the sell of JUCO is, mm-hmm. man, you know, just come here, get yourself mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And then they go, they're going to, we have the contacts, you know, we're yeah. going to, they're going to come looking for you here. Well, yeah. it's easier to sell that they'll come look for you at Radford. Yeah, exactly. So a division one school. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, what if you make us, what if you help us win the conference? Then they don't have to look for you. They might play against you in March. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. to be very honest with you, low major schools are going into dens of two star and three star kids mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you can transfer. Mm-hmm. 
just come here and produce first. Right. One year you average 16, 17 a game. I promise you, Mark Q <laughs> is gonna yep. give you a call. And yep. guys are on his level. Yep. You know, because right now you're not, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta bake a little more in the oven. And so that's mm-hmm. where you're gonna do that. You're gonna do that in our league, at our school. Yep. You're gonna help us win the league. We're yep. gonna get to March and then we're gonna play against Mark Few. Mm-hmm. And Mark's a man, that number, man, he had money on us, man. We won, but yeah. <laughs> ooh, man, keep that, you know, <laughs> you might be transferring. Right. And that's how it works. And and yeah. everybody thinks that they're gonna be the guy, they're gonna be the Baylor Shearman, yeah. you know, um, who gets the call from his his uh childhood uh team, the Kansas mm-hmm. Jayhawks, right after they win the national title. He didn't go there, but yeah. they did call him personally. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We really want you. Can you please get there? Oh my god, yeah. So I've always wanted this. I, you know, I, I was yeah. I wasn't highly ranked, and you know, I but I went to a low level and look at me now. You know, yeah. and now, now I got an NIL bidding war. I didn't even talk about that. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? And yeah. Now I got an agent. And so people, everybody thinks they're going to be that. But mm-hmm. the reality is that's about 30, 30 players in the yeah. in the portal of 1,400 yeah. uh, that are going to have that that high a level mm-hmm. of, um, um, you know, of recruiting. Yeah. You know, so, it, it yeah, to, I, I feel terrible for the junior colleges because mm-hmm. they're becoming more and more obsolete. Yeah, they are. It's a yeah. hard, hard truth. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah, it, it makes some like, the coaches are going to take advantage of this. If you're Gonzaga and you, you know, there's there are great junior college players out there. But if you can get Malachi Smith, who averaged 20 per game in the SoCon, like you have to do that. <laughs> you have to go get a guy like that. Like he's clearly going to be more ready to compete at this level than perhaps some of those junior college guys. And, and that doesn't mean those junior college guys wouldn't do well necessarily. But you know, you're going to go for the guy, even like, like Oregon, I know that they have a couple junior college guys that they brought in, but they also brought in the guard from South Carolina, Kuznard, and they brought in a couple other guys and they brought in Bartholomew from Colorado. And it's like that those guys are going to probably play over the junior college guys, who knows what they're going to do over there, but that, that makes it challenging. And it's unfortunate because I I think that the junior college success stories are always stories that I've enjoyed reading about it and hearing about it. And yeah, it, it seems like we're seeing a lot less of them and it doesn't surprise me that you, you've seen the same thing. It's funny you bring that up because I, you know, I love the the Netflix documentaries on mm-hmm. the junior college. So yeah, I think the last one was a basketball school. So yep. I'm curious if they're going to do one. I wonder if they'll address this uh, mm-hmm. in, that, in the next season mm-hmm. of the basketball one that they do. But they should because I definitely talk to junior college coaches from time to time, and yeah. they say this all the time. They're like, "Man, we are tying our hands, and you know, um, what can we do?" And I get it, man. It's frustrating. I can definitely understand that. Yeah. Last question, Jason, before I let you go, another topic we touched on a little bit, but it's kind of in a similar vein. It's about international recruiting. It's something that I've always been interested in. Gonzaga has a rich, rich history of successful international recruiting. Rui Hachimura, DeMontis Sabonis, Roni Turioff, the list goes on and on and on. If you look at the FIBA rosters this uh, this summer, there's Zags on basically every single one of them. Uh, a big part of the the decline of of international recruiting at Gonzaga has been the departure of Tommy Lloyd, of course, who was their international recruiter. He's out at Arizona now having all sorts of success already uh, over there. But I wonder how much the transfer portal is impacting international recruiting uh, and NIL and and every kind of piece that that comes with that. Uh, Because again, I don't know how much the decline of international recruiting is just something that I've seen as a Gonzaga fan, or if we have seen seen less of that uh, because of, because of all this. I had this conversation last week, funny mm-hmm. enough, with a coach. And yeah. um, his take was that, you know, uh, schools that 
it, it's all going to take a hit. Be, and yeah. it, it's, it, it's the same reason. It, it's, be, mm -hmm. it's all, you know, <laughs> you go to a, a gas station and you pay more for a 20 ounce Coke than you do a two liter Coke because it's right. more convenient to hold it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's the same thing with the transfer portal. Why am I going to um, uh, Croatia, Yugoslavia? Why am I going mm -hmm. there? Why am I going to Spain? Yeah. When I can uh, wait till March and uh, watch right. 10 games and say, oh, man, that's a bad man right there. Yeah. He probably was in the league, bro. Let me find out, you yeah. know. Um, and so, you know, it's just it's, it's really just simple math, yeah. to be honest with you. But I, the coach's perspective was that uh, guys like Tommy Lloyd who have had um, success looking in, you know, mm -hmm. different pockets and have those. Uh, ready-made connections in mm -hmm. that world they probably would still delve yeah. in there but it would it would still be like uh well tell me what you got but i'm looking at this you know what i'm right. saying where that wasn't the case before right and so that's the difference that's yeah. the biggest difference yeah that makes a lot of sense jason yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show man i really appreciate it as always uh, really good to get a chance to kind of talk about some of gonzaga's upcoming games it feels like the season is still so far away but i know wow that it is getting closer and closer. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a lot of really good games on Gonzaga's schedule, and I'm glad we got to break some of that down today. Indeed, man. Glad to be here, as always. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and go Zags.